tonight we're going to, you can just go ahead and turn to Romans 12. You know where we're going, okay? Lord didn't change my mind today. I told you I, I reserved that right if the Holy Spirit speaks, but at the same time, uh, we're continuing on in that line, and uh, we're looking in Romans 12, and we're going to pick it up in uh, verse number 3 tonight. And I, I, because it's a series, and because each night builds on another, I, I need to go back just a little bit, and I'm not going to re-preach the whole thing, but just bring us up to where we're at, okay? We live in a, a wicked time. We saw in Romans chapter 1 on Sunday, Paul started this epistle by, first of all, encouraging this group of believers in Rome by reminding them that they had been saved by the grace of God and that they, uh, being saved, were saints who had a purpose in serving. And then as he talks about who the Lord Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us and what the responsibility is, then he reminds them of this is, oh, what is it? Ah, I don't have it on. We don't have it on. Oh, sorry, brother. Okay. I, I, that's it. I, I've got more friends in the sound booth that wave at me sometimes for a whole hour. <laughs> got it. All right. And uh, and so uh, now now we're on right. And so anyway, we find that uh, he reminds them that even though these people have have gone so far in sin, that's their purpose is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we must remind ourselves, as wicked as our society is, we as Christians, hey, we must realize there's been other societies that's dealt with it. And Rome was one of those. And these believers was in that time. So Paul has started this epistle. He's reminded them of their salvation and how they're justified by that faith. And then he comes down to verse 12, and he starts talking about this matter of their life changing and being different. Look, if we're going to reach a sinner, then we need to reveal Jesus Christ in our day-to-day -day life. We cannot, we cannot reach those in sin unless there's something different about us. And so Paul has encouraged them, don't be patterned after the Romans. Don't let them pressure you into emulating them. No, you be different. And then that's where he started Romans chapter 12, by encouraging them to not be conformed, but to be transformed, changed, metamorpho, metamorphosis, a change, totally changed in the sense as we've seen, same word used for a butterfly. Now, we've seen that it starts, what Paul's talking about, this transformation starts at birth, amen? It would be uh, for that caterpillar when he hatches out of the egg, all right? And then we see the, the next stage, the juvenile stage of that butterfly. It, it, it's, it's the larva. It's the caterpillar, all right? We watch the caterpillar. Remember the caterpillar? Man, he's got one concern. Eat, eat, eat eat, and he is a voracious eater, but he has to, if he's going to become this, 
It takes eating in his first early stages of life in order to prepare for that transformation, that change. And so he has to eat and feed uh, up so that uh, he will have that which is needed in order to undergo that transformation. Now, we looked at that and we said last night, we need to be feeding on the Word of God. Paul goes on to tell us that we need to present our bodies, we need to present our minds, and we need to present our will. And, and the way we do that is by yielding to God and by getting in the Word of God. We need the Word of God in us. We need to feed regularly upon the Word of God if we want to see a change in our life. Now, when we get saved, hey, there's a miraculous change on the inside. Amen. Bible says that we've been born again the Spirit of God. Oh, uh, the Bible tells us that we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. But you know what? The world can't see necessarily what's in there, but they can see what's out here. They can see Christ living in us by our day-to-day -day life. They can see that testimony, and that's what the world needs to see. Now, let me pick it up right here tonight, Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members of one another. Now, let me stop right there, and let's, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray now you'd bless our time together tonight, Lord. Would you do that which you alone could do? Would you speak to hearts? Lord, would you touch lives? And Lord, if there's one here that's not saved, Lord, we pray that this would be the night when they would allow you to save their soul. God, I pray now that you would work in us and work on us, that, Lord, you might be able to work through us. And we'll give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Now, when we see here in verse 3 where we're picking up here, he's talking about this matter of every man, he says here, that not to think, or every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, when I think about this caterpillar, we talked a little bit about last night, in order for that to take place, several stages here we see, and now as he eats and he grows, he begins to change. You know, he, he has to molt five, somewhere around five to six times in this stage that he's in here. As he feeds up and he grows inwardly, he has to shed some of the stuff outwardly. You see, because why? Because he's headed into that stage where he's going to be changed and transformed. But it's taking place right here. You just can't see it. It's internally. It's happening inside the caterpillar. And as he grows and as he eats, uh, he, he's going to have to change that outer uh, skin and, and molt in order to move along in this stage of growth. 
Did you know what? You and I, the more we eat the Word of God, the more we feast on the Word of God, and the Word of God starts to work in inside, and you know what it helps us do? Shed some of the old man that we need to get rid of, and, and let the new man get stronger, and let us be able to exhibit and show the Lord Jesus Christ in our day-to-day life. And, and so what we're doing is we're growing closer to Him, but further from the world. And we do that by feeding on the Word of God and then obeying the Word of God and being willing to get that out of our life that needs not be there. And so we find this caterpillar does this. Five times he's going to shed that, he's going to mow in order that he can grow. He's heading for the chrysalis. The chrysalis is that stage of development that's going to take him to this. There's a lot of difference between this and this, amen? But understand something. This is in this. It's there. It's there, but through a process, it has to emerge. It has to come forth. And so we find this. Now, let me, let me go back here a little bit because I think we need to understand. Let every man, he said, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. In other words, here's the thing. We need to realize, hey, it's not all about us. It's about the Lord. And one of the things sometimes that keeps us from growing is pride. And pride gets in the way because we think, hey, I'm, I'm good. I, I, there's nothing wrong. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm good and I'm okay and we never see anything in our life that needs to be dealt with sometimes. We can get to that place and we become complacent. You know, my, my uh, kids, I'll call them sometimes, especially my, my son in, uh, in Springfield and the pastors, and I'll say, how you doing, son? And he says, I'm good, Dad. And I say, son, no, you're not. <laughs> Bible says there's none good. So I always remind him, you know, just to tell him and say, don't forget that. You know what? We're all sinners saved by grace. Amen. If you're saved, you're still a sinner that's been saved by the grace of God. Amen. And so as a result, Paul reminded these believers, hey, listen, we need to not forget, but for the grace of God, we'd be like they were. But for the grace of God, you and I might be in a gutter somewhere. But by the grace of God, hey, we can see that, hey, listen, it's only by that grace that you and I have been changed and been given eternal life. And so we, we're debtors, Paul said in Romans chapter 1 there. We're debtors to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We owe that, number one, to our Lord for what he did for us. And we owe it to mankind to go and to witness for Jesus Christ. That's what he's commanded us to do. So now this old caterpillar, he's coming into this stage and he wants to get in here where he can do, become this. Amen. He's got something to look forward to. Amen. He, he wants to become a butterfly. But in order to become a butterfly, as I was preparing and studying this, I, I realized something about this caterpillar. Inside of him, you can't see it. It's invisible because it's inside. But there are certain functions in the caterpillar's body that kicks in. 
And when it kicks in, there's certain enzymes that begin to be produced as he reaches the end of the larval stage as a caterpillar. And what happens inside is the caterpillar starts to die. Now stay with me. You say starts to die. Uh, wait a minute, he's alive. No, but inside, parts of the caterpillar has to die in order that parts for the butterfly can emerge. And it's in here. They're all there, but he has to die to the old caterpillar part of himself. And what his body does is it starts absorbing certain of that material and, and then that material is converted, transformed, changed where he gets his antenna, where he gets his wings, where he gets all the other things that he needs in order to become a butterfly. But it's only as he dies inwardly that it can be changed. I hope I hope this is registering here. Do you know what? You and I can never ever grow and be what God wants us to be until we learn to die to self. That's it. What did Paul say? We 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 find several times Paul makes that reference there, and Paul uh, tells us there in Galatians uh, chapter two and verse twenty, he talks about, "Hey, I am crucified with Christ; nevertheless, I live, but yet not I." It, we, hey, he's telling that the life that he has is because of Jesus Christ. And so he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 there, in verse 31, I die daily. Uh, we find in John 12, 24, it says, Except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abideth alone. You see, all of these are saying to us, here's what you and I need to do. When we get saved, hey, we need to turn our attention to Jesus and his word. We need to get our eyes off self. You know, we have no problem. When a child is born, they have a sinful nature. Amen? Every, every child's born. And you don't have to teach a child how to be selfish. I've, I've never seen a book, you know, in a bookstore that says how to teach your child to be selfish. No, it'll come natural. I mean, mine, 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 you know, that's it. And then selfish, why? Because that's the old nature. But let's don't get too hard on kids. We adults kind of have a problem with that too. Yeah. We kind of, you know, want to please self. Uh, well, wait a minute. Ooh, I, I want what I want. Uh, how's that going to help me? And so as a result, hey, here's what we need to realize. Our life, in order to uh, glorify God, has to quit being self-centered and start being centered upon others and what we can do to glorify and fulfill the purpose God has for us. And it can't be done as long as we are stuck on self. This world is stuck on itself. Amen. You know, I never, I never forget uh, several years ago, uh, there was a commercial on TV, and every time he'd come on, he'd say, uh, you need to take care of big number one. Yeah, big number one. That's kind of the way it is. No, 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 no. We need to realize that it's not about us. 
but it's about what we can do for him and how we can reach others. And so the only way we'll ever reach others is to have a burden for others and to care about others. And, and that, that starts happening when we start getting rid of the old man. The Bible says, put off the deeds of the old man and put on the new man. The new man after that which is Christ and follow after Christ. And so we find that here this old caterpillar, he, he's, he's wanting to get to this now. And so in order to get that, he's got to go through this. But in order to get in here, he, he, he starts already. There's some changes that's taking place internally. And, and he's starting to change inside even before he gets in the chrysalis. He comes to that place of getting rid of parts of him inside that's no longer needed. Do you know what? As a Christian in our life, we ought to realize that once we are saved, those things that are after the fashion of the world, those things that do not glorify God, we need to get them out of our life. We need to allow Christ to have first place in our heart and life, not us. Now, now watch. He says here, we're not to think more highly of ourselves, but think soberly. Think seriously. I mean, give it some thought and, and, and do what you are supposed to do. Do what God has enabled you to do. So he goes from this analogy here, and I want to spend a little time tonight on this. I'm not done quite with the caterpillar and chrysalis tonight, but I want you to see this important thing. When, when this transformation takes place, Paul is saying in believers these changes should be taking place. If we truly have been transformed and not conformed, we, we ought to start seeing this. And he says here, but, but let, me, let, me, let me get ahead. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, but, I, but, I, but I want to get you to this place. When I think about the caterpillar coming in the chrysalis, okay? By the way, the caterpillar has what's needed to form the chrysalis. Again, here. It's there. But for us... You know where we develop? You know where we need to be changing and what helps us to change and see that transformation? It's a, it's a fact that when we come into the house of God, the local church, that that's a place of development. That's a place of growth. That's a place of exercising the abilities that God has given us. Uh, that's the place to do it. Did you know this chrysalis, it, it provides protection for that caterpillar inside during this time from the outside. <clears throat> Man, folks, every child of God needs to be in a local, independent, fundamental Baptist church. And they need to be there. Why? Because there's a world out there that wants to do nothing more than destroy your testimony and your life. But let me tell you, this is a safe haven in here. When you're with brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the place to come so you can hear the Word of God preach, so you can exercise your faithfulness to the Lord, so you can exercise those abilities you have, and so you can develop as a child of God to go out of here like a butterfly and be different. Good. Good. Amen.
Yeah. Crawl in here like a caterpillar and leave like a butterfly. Amen. But here, here's what he's saying. This, 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 this is Paul saying it this way. He's saying, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members in one of one another. Now, now let me, he gives us the analogy of the body. So uh, if you'll let me, I want to I lead to that for just a little bit and, and tonight so we can see this important thing that Paul's bringing out. He said every one of us are important. Every one of us has something we can do for God in the local church. We're like a body. We're like members of the body. Amen. I think most of you are familiar with it, but go over to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. As we undergo these changes, God is preparing us to be of service in to him and through the church. I believe he prepares every one of us and we have a function just like a body. Every member of the body has a function. You see me standing here as a body. Amen? And But I'm going to tell you something. You can only see certain members of my body. There's a lot of my members that are not visible, but they're important. Amen. I mean, for the body to function, it takes every member. You let one member <laughs> get out of sorts or get hurt or get injured, and you're going to tell the difference. And so I, I, I want just, just to consider this for a moment. Let me give you some facts. This body that we have, this physical body, is an innumerable number of parts working together to keep us alive and well. There's 206 bones, 26 bones in each foot alone. 26 bones in each, and sometimes I'll tell you what, the older you get, you feel every one of them sometimes, amen? They ache. Uh, there's 62,000 miles of blood vessels. There's 20 feet of small intestine. A heart in here that beats 100,000 times a day. A brain that stores every smell, every sound, every touch from childhood and can recall any of it decades later with the right stimuli. Two lungs that if opened up and laid out flat would be as large as a tennis court. Amazing. There are over 700 known muscles in the human body and the eye muscles are the strongest muscles in your body. Two of the most amazing eyes. No camera could ever match what these eyes could do. Made by God. Amen. That's our body. Ears that can hear so many different sounds. A nose that they say now can smell and differentiate between a trillion different smells. Every bone is joined to another bone by an incredibly strong tendon or ligament. 
two kidneys, huge liver, a spleen, a gallbladder, a stomach. Y'all get the picture? He said, man, did we come tonight for an anatomy class? Well, let us understand how the body is made. And yet God is using it through the Apostle Paul to tell us how church ought to operate, now it ought to be. And so as a result, each member is important. Did you know whether you even know what the name of it is? It's important God put it in you. You may not know what the pituitary gland is in the middle of your head, but it oversees the, the growth of your skeleton, your bone system. The thymus gland is just between our two lungs, and it creates vital white blood cells that we need. Oh, how about the tonsils and appendix that some 40 years ago they said was unnecessary in the body? Let's just remove them. But nowadays they've come to a different conclusion. They're filters, and they help keep you well and only remove them when there's something wrong with them. God didn't waste any parts. They all have a function. And they all, they didn't know what they were. And so as a result, they thought they were disposable. But God put them in there because he had a function for them. And there was reason. And, and so we see that. Did, did you know what? Uh, bacteria. We hear a lot about it nowadays. But we got good bacteria. Good bacteria is necessary in the body. Did you know that? Our oldest son had ear infections a lot when he was little. And we would give him antibiotics, antibiotics, and antibiotics, and man, because of these ear infections. And then he started having stomach problems and digestive issues. And we took him to the doctor, and they did tests on him and everything. And finally, here's what the doctor concluded. He said, we've given him so many antibiotics, it's not only killed the bad bacteria, it's killed the good bacteria. So here's what you need to do. Feed him dirt. Now, we didn't go outside and get it out of the ground, but we ended up purchasing sterile bacteria. But, but the doctor said it's basically dirt in a sterile package is what it is. Good bacteria. And so as a result, we began to sprinkle that on his food. And you know what? A lot of the problems cleared up because, hey, they thought it was unnecessary. Kill it. No, we got to have it. We need it. God gave it to us for a purpose for our digestive system. And so we find that, that, that even that, when we think about the body and how it works, we, we, we've got to have those things. We may not see them as necessary. We may not see them as important as something we look and see in the mirror every day. But they're all very important. And here in chapter 12, he gives us this analogy a little more. And he says in chapter number 12 there, and, and let's see here, we'll just kind of jump down here to uh, verse number 14. He says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. Let me just stop right there. You get the picture of what Paul is saying here as he's writing to this church? 
He's saying every part is needed and every part is valuable. And we all can't be the same part. We've got different functions in order to make the body work like it ought to. And can you imagine, Paul gives us this analogy, and he says that your eye says, look, if I can't be the ear, I'm just not going to be a part of the body. Or if I, it says to the foot, or the foot says, if I can't be the head, I'm not going to be a part of the Hey, if your body was just a foot, whew, man, how boring life would be. And for some, how smelly life might be. Amen? Can you imagine if you were just a head? How would you get anywhere? I guess you could try to road yourself. No, you see, the head needs the rest of the body to carry it. The hand, hey, it has a function. Praise the Lord. I used it just this evening. I used it. Because I have a mouth in this head, and this hand says, I can put something in that mouth. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what? And if this hand gets hurt, I learn how to do it with this hand. Amen. And so here's the thing everybody's got a part, regardless of what it is, and you got a function, and you got a job. Just, just thank God for the place that He puts you, and thank Him for the ability to serve Him, and just be faithful in whatever function it is that God has for you to do, and not be jealous of the other parts. That's basically what He's getting across right here. And it's so important to realize that, that even those parts that are not thought of, uh, yet they're, they're essential and they're needy. A uh, human body even needs its feeble members, its weak members. I mean, uh, they're necessary. Amen. Do you know what? Our big toes are necessary. They get very few compliments. When's the last time you had somebody come up to you and say, you sure got beautiful big toes? Probably not. So you would say, look, hey, since nobody sees them, I don't need them. Go ahead and cut them off. You know what you'll have trouble doing without your big toe? You'll have trouble walking. Believe it or not, the big toe has a part in our balance. I've known those who've had to have them amputated. And man, how much they missed them, knowing, hey, listen, this affects my whole body. My whole body. Do you know what? We got parts of our body we don't think about. Did you know, hey, listen, it's so important that we, every God, when he made this body, God made it with so many different parts, but every one of them is essential. Now, don't let me gross you out, but I just want you to understand and get the point I'm trying to make here. Did you know what? God gave us nose hairs for a purpose. Amen. You know what they are? They're a filter to keep out bacteria, bad bacteria, and things that could cause us to get sick. But it's a part of the body that never gets talked about. It never gets any compliments. It never gets fixed up. Hey, you know why? Hey, because it's not one of those type of parts. But I'm going to tell you what, it's essential 
to keeping healthy and well. Yeah. You see, we don't think about that. We, we think about the face. We think about the hair. Well, I think less than I used to think about it because <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. But we, we, we think about the eyes. Why? Because they're attention getters. Everybody's looking. But did you know what? When it comes to the church, thank God for those who are faithful. They may, but they may not be someone up on the platform or they may not have another part somewhere where they're out, but they're faithfully doing their job for God. They're faithfully serving the Lord. They're in their place every time it's possible and available. They're praying for their pastor. They're praying for the lost. They're witnessing to other people. And maybe you think sometimes nobody notice them. Hey, just like those uncomely body parts, nobody knows them. Hey, but they're doing their job. And let me remind you, somebody does notice. The most important one notices. You pick up a piece of paper on the property that belongs to God, and I believe you'll be rewarded for it. God keeps great books. And we need to use whatever God's given us for his honor and his glory. And, and, and so as a result, he's given us this analogy here tonight in Romans here. He's saying, as you change, as, as things start changing on the inside, you realize how important it is that I use what I have for the glory and honor of God. And that I don't think all about myself, but I start thinking about he who saved me and has given me life. What can I do for Christ? What can I do to show him how much I appreciate what he has done for me? Oh, oh I, I, could, I could go through, but here, here's the next thing I want you to see. And, and in order to get through this, he said these members, they, they help one another. In verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You know what he's talking about here? He's talking about when a part of the body suffers for some reason. What's the other parts of the body do? Have you ever stubbed your toe before? When I was a kid growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, concrete jungle, I, I went barefoot. I can't do that nowadays. But anyway, I did back then as a kid. But in that sidewalk, there'd be uneven cracks in the sidewalk. And man, I'd stub my toe on that concrete. Man, I kept my toenails just tore up because I stubbed my toe. You say, Brother Decker, what happened when you stubbed your toe? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Man, the first thing I did was, ah! And then a lot of times, I'd find me someplace and sit down, and I'd go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, now remember I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm barefooted, brother. 
Yeah. As a kid barefoot and that toe was hurting, I need to do something to help it. Say, what'd you do with it? Well, I can't even show you because I can't do it today. <laughs> and if I could get it up here, man, that's where it would be. <laughs> Trying to help that pain of that toe. Why? Because my whole body said, do something. It hurts. Do something. Can I tell you what happens? You, you, you just, I, I broke my ankle, all three bones in my ankle, uh, several years ago uh, while preaching. I, I, was, I actually was loading up to go to the next meeting and slipped on wet grass and, and broke all three ankle bones. And I had to go six weeks in a wheelchair and preach in a wheelchair. But let me tell you what happened. Every part of my body started compensating for that ankle. When I finally got to where I could walk, hey, I was having to put more weight on this side. And I could tell this leg was getting stronger because of the fact I was exercising it in order to take care of what I couldn't do with this leg. Do you know what? Hey, my hands was ready to do whatever I needed to do for this ankle and foot. My whole body was concerned about that ankle. And extra attention was given to that area. Why? Because it was suffering at the time. Can I tell you something? Hey, as a body of believers, as a, as a church, here's what we're to do. We're to care about one another. We're, when one hurts, we're to hurt. When one rejoices or gets honor, he says that we rejoice. Why? Because we're members, and we hurt when others hurt, and we can laugh when others laugh, and that's what a church family is all about. Can I tell you something? I thank God for a church family. I don't know what people do in this world without a church family. Right. And how great it is to have brothers and sisters in Christ that you know are praying for you, and they know care for you. Uh, and, and Paul is saying this to this church, to these believers here in Rome, and he's saying to them, look, as a body of believers, you, you need to realize that as a body, you need to work together. There doesn't need to be a, any schisms. Why? Well, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have my arm attached. I, I don't want to lose any of them. I, I want to be able to function. And when we don't need schism, splits, stuff that's going to hurt the body, but that which is going to help the body function and help one another function. That's so important. And, and here Paul is trying to help this group, because he, here's the thing, they're facing persecution. They're facing adversity. You, you want to know about persecution? You think we're being persecuted? Hey, you go back and study these believers in Rome. It's about to get amped up greatly in just a little bit from when Paul writes this letter. They're fixing to be persecuted, burned at the stake. They're, they're going to suffer many things. And, and here he's trying to encourage them, stay faithful to the Lord. Let the Lord use you to be that tool to reach the world, to reach your area, to reach Rome with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in order to do that, you, you've got to have some changes in your life. It's not about living for you anymore. It's about living for him that saved you. 
So he says, uh, that body, it needs to be uh, treated in such a uh, way that everybody can benefit. The church can benefit. The Lord's church can, can benefit. And that uh, it's all balanced so it can work together. It's designed to link up together so that the body can be whole and function healthfully and to accomplish what God wants to be done. That's what he's trying to tell us here. Oh, thank God when your body's functioning properly. Amen. Thank God when you can still use your hands. I don't know about you, but I got to be honest. Sometimes I complain. Sometimes I have a pain or two. And I complain. Sometimes it can be just something small. But then my mind goes to maybe somebody else who has a lot more difficulty than I do. And in particular for me, it's a granddaughter who's bedfast. who can't talk, who has to be fed through a tube. Folks, what I'm trying to say is a lot of times we're not careful we can complain about situations in our life, but sometimes we forget the blessings that God's given us. When the songwriter wrote the song, Count Your Many Blessings, name them one by one. Years ago, I had an older preacher that said, I dare you, I challenge you, sit down one morning and start listing the blessings that God has given you. You won't be able to complete the list. It's so true. So true. As a body, as a church, let me tell you something. If we want to see the glory of God and we want to bring glory to God, it's going to be as we yield ourselves to him. We're back to that thing of letting God take us and change us. And for us, it's going to be in this place of development, this stage of development within that chrysalis of that local church where we come and immerse ourselves and get involved and take, you know, here's what I hear many times. I don't get anything out of church. You ever heard that before, brother? Anybody ever told you? I just don't get anything out of church. I mean, you know, it just, I, I, I just doesn't, it just doesn't do anything for me. You heard that, Brother Blake, before? I, I, I just don't, you know. Can I tell you, there's a standard answer that I've just come to the place to do this. Usually, if we don't get anything out of church, you know why? We don't put anything into church. Can I tell you something? If you go to church expecting not to get anything out of it, can I tell you what you're going to get that day? Absolutely nothing. You're going to get what you went looking for. Amen. I, I remember when I was a little boy, there was a little poem, and it went like this. It says, uh, it's talking about the uh, kitty cat. Kitty cat, where have you been? I've been to London to see the queen. Kitty cat, kitty cat, what did you there? I saw a big rat under her chair. And you know the moral of that story is? Kitty cat went to London to see the queen. He never saw her. You know what? He never saw the crown jewels. 
He never saw all the pomp and, and, and ceremony and all the, uh, the jewels and the diamonds and the gold that's there where the queen is. You know what he saw? A rat. You know why he saw a rat? Come on now. Why did he see a rat? That's what he was looking for. He was a kitty cat and he was looking for a rat. Can I tell you something? Sometimes we can be that way. Sometimes, hey, we can look for things to find fault instead of looking for things that we can thank God. Amen. You're there, aren't you? Amen. Yeah. You see, we need to put ourselves immersed totally, just like this butterfly putting himself in that chrysalis. I'm going to dedicate myself to this change taking place. I'm going to keep all the outward distractions away. I'm going to give myself to seeing this transformation take place. I want to be changed. Can, can, can I just ask you a question? You don't answer it out loud. Answer it in your heart, okay? Which one would you rather be? Which one would you rather be? I kind of think I'd like to be like that. You know what, this old caterpillar? I, 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 can't, I want to get ahead of myself. I know I am. <laughs> you know what he is? He's landlocked. Right. You know what he can do, son? That's it. He can't go anywhere. You, you know what? And he moves really slow. But when he goes through that transformation, he quits being that. That dies. It's gone. And he comes out this. Hey, guess where he heads when he comes out? Where do you think he goes when he comes out? You ever seen a butterfly fly? You haven't seen a butterfly fly? Man, alive. Watch this one. <laughs> hey, here's a butterfly. He's going to fly, amen? He's not landlocked. You know what he's going to do? He's going to get a heavenly view. Amen? Oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I know I got it. Can I tell you something? Oh, it's so good. What changes when he comes out of here? I mean, there's so many changes. That's another night. Because <laughs> while he's in here, there's a process that, that's taking place to prepare him to be more heavenly. Amen. And so as a result, hey, look, this is it. Can I tell you something? The local church is the place that come. You know what it does? It gets us ready for heaven. Amen. To become more like Jesus. And you know, to become more like Jesus, you know what that means we're going to do? We're going to do what Jesus would do. And you know what Jesus would do here on this earth? He'd do what he did when he was on this earth. Seek and save that which was lost. 
Why are we doing this? We're doing this because, hey, there's a wicked world out there that's dying and going to hell, and unless somebody reaches them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're lost forever. And unless we let the Lord do the transforming, they will not see the change. They will not see Christ in our lives. I don't, I don't think I've used this, and I'm, I'm winding down. You notice I didn't say I'm quitting. I'm winding down. There's a difference. I think I might have used this one. I don't know. When you preach everywhere, it's hard to tell. Man in our church worked a bus route for many years. His name is Sam Gaddy. Sam just loved the Lord. Nothing fancy about Sam. He loved kids. Took a bus route and worked it faithfully. Would stay out on Saturday for hours and hours visiting a bus route in a rough neighborhood. One Saturday, Sam said to me, Brother Decker, would you go with me and visit? I want to visit a couple places. I'd like you to go with me. And I said, sure, Sam, I'll go with you. And we went to one of those rough places over there. Man, we went to one place, and as we walked up on the stoop, concrete stoop, and opened the storm door, they were having one of those heated discussions on the inside. And the guy opened the door. We could hear him fussing and fighting. And the guy opened the door and had a screwdriver in his hand, and he put right there, just right there in my, my belly, and said, who called you? And I said, ho, 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 who called who? He said, the police, you're the police, aren't you? No, we're not the police. We're from the church. Oh, he said, that's nearly as bad. <laughs> Sam's standing behind the storm door. I'm standing there with a the screwdriver still here. <laughs> you know what Sam does? He says, buddy, we love your kids. And your kids come to church, and we thank you for that. But you know what? You need the Lord. You need to quit doing what you're doing in there, and you need to come to Jesus. Now, i got to be honest with you. I'm standing there thinking, Sam, I don't know that this is the proper time to do this. <laughs> but you know what? That big old boy started, tears started coming down. He didn't get saved then. But praise God, he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We went to the next place, went up on the stoop and the porch and knocked, and nobody was home. And he said, well, they'll, they'll, they'll be there tomorrow. So we went to the next place, and the door was open, and there, there, was no, there was no storm door or anything. Just it was open. And uh, we knocked on the door, and a little boy saw a little boy inside, probably three, four years old. And all of a sudden, that little boy hollered, Mama! The Jesus man is here. <laughs> and Sam heard him. And Sam said, Brother Decker, he shouldn't have said that, should he? He shouldn't have said, I'm the Jesus man. I said, Sam, you couldn't be paid a higher compliment anywhere. I said, Sam, he doesn't mean that wrong. But as far as that little boy is concerned, you represent Jesus to him. You're the one that drives him on the bus and takes him where he hears about Jesus. You're, you're, you've heard this said, you're the, for some people, you're the only Jesus some people are going to see. 
And that's exactly what it was with this. He, he so saw this man loved him and he loved Jesus that he associated him as being the Jesus man. You know, wouldn't that be great if every one of us that are saved, when people looked at us, they'd say, hey, there's those people that belong to Jesus. There's those people that represent Jesus and they know who we are. Why? Just because of the way we conduct our life. Just because of our testimony. Just because of the change that's taken place in our life. Hey. Mm. This chrysalis, you can't see in there. But man, if you could see in there and it was real, you would see this disappearing. Oh, the, the, the components, not, oh, they're in there. They're just changed. <laughs> they're just changed. Tonight, what stage are you in? Are you saved? If you're not, you need to be born again tonight. You need life. You can't grow till you have life. And if you're saved, are, are, are you growing? Are you e e feeding on the Word of God? Uh, have you got yourself in the Bible and reading it for yourself and, and being and, 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 and are you dying to the old ways and feeding the new ways? Are you getting rid of old habits and old things that are associated with the world so that you become, become more like God wants you to be? Are you feeding to that place that you're shedding off some of that stuff as you grow? in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that old man dying off? So there's room for a change. So that you can be transformed. Metamorphosis take place. A miraculous change. People say, what happened to them? What was it that changed them? Scottsville, Kentucky. I told you I'm winding down. 74-year-old man go to the hospital. Asked him if he knew Jesus. Started crying, said no. I led him to the Lord. He got saved that day. Sunday he got out of the hospital. He was come forward and made profession and present himself to be baptized. 74 years old. I was downtown that next week. It got out that Stanley Dodd had gotten saved. One of the businessmen in town was on the square, and he walked up to me and he said, aren't you the preacher down at the Baptist church down there, Glasgow Road? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, somebody told me that Stanley Dodd got religion this week. And I said, my friend, Stanley Dodd did not get religion. He got saved. He trusted Jesus Christ as a Savior. Here's what he said to me. Preacher, do you know who Stanley Dodd is? Do you know who Stanley Dodd was in this town? I said, no. I'm new here. He said, Stanley Dodd has been the town drunk for many years. I said, my friend, the key word in your statement is this. Was. I said, he may have been the town drunk, but he's not now. He's been changed. He's been changed. And I'm going to tell you what, 
He never missed church. He went with me on visitation until the Lord took him home. In his own mouth, he said, this preacher, 74 years of my life, I gave to the devil and wasted. What I got left belongs to God. And I want to live for him. And he did. That's a change. That's a change. Heads bowed, eyes closed.